evening. Uh, turn your Bibles to the book of Luke chapter 10. Uh, in the announcements, they're mentioning a lot going on, particularly for the women. Feb uh, November the 8th, there is a uh, bridal shower for Grace Garcia. And you can see Doris or Dee Dee if you have any questions about that. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, and so you can remember that. Amen. I got a watch here, but there's so many different knobs here. I don't know what is what. And so I would put it on, but it's cliffs. Something tells me it'll be a little bit big for me. Luke chapter 10, we'll look there in the Word of God. I want to preach only for a few minutes tonight. We have a lot going on. Uh, we are doing a, a haunted house here in just a, uh, a, a little while. So this is a straightforward, full-on uh, presentation of the gospel using uh, the issues of popular culture. And so uh, you might want to stick around and go through that. Remember tomorrow night, we need your help everybody to be involved uh, if we have some men here that are available in the afternoon maybe you have the day off and you can help out if you'll let Paul Hart know or Cliff Williams know uh, there's gonna be some work to be done around here and we're believing God word to the wise is if you have small children tomorrow night keep an eye on your kids help us out we have uh, several peace officers in our congregation are gonna be here in full uniform uh, but uh, you be diligent and uh, vigilant, and that would be a, a good idea. Luke chapter 10, we're going to go there in the Word of God. Amen. I want to uh, preach this evening for a few minutes uh, a message that I originally preached to our teenagers just a couple of weeks ago. You know, we do have a tremendous time in teen Bible study. Uh, it was an atmosphere of revival. I was so blessed to see so many of these uh, young people get baptized last Sunday night. And so you really ought to send your teenager to Bible study. And uh, it will help them. And anyway, uh, we, we gotta, I wanted to share uh, some thoughts. I called it ghost stories because I knew it would fascinate the teenagers. And out of that, I got inspired to just preach that tonight in this service as we're looking about how Christians relate to Halloween. And so when people begin to think about the subject of, uh, of, of, of the occult or of monsters and all that, uh, and you begin to deal with issues of demons, most of us... Uh, we have messed up reference points. My uh, a whole idea about demons and horror movies came from Hollywood. And the things that I saw there, you know, when the, uh, the images that, uh, you know, that, 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 you know, people see and tend to relate to, to issues of Hollywood and uh, things like that. Um, I remember seeing a movie called The Omen. Anybody ever see that? And The Exorcist and things like that. And, 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 and so we have these sensational 
ideas about Hollywood and demons and, uh, and what they look like and how they act, uh, and they're becoming very, very popular. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. All right. All right, let's get back to our sermon here. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Sometimes when you're preaching, that's the way you feel up here. <laughs> I was saying, you know, you're preaching and these demons are keeping people and they're not paying attention. That's why you don't pay attention. <laughs> anyway, okay. But you know, the omen, the exorcist, in my mind, it wasn't a demon unless you could turn your head in 360 degrees. And these images and everything, you know, that, 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 that came with it about the occult and the spirit world, but it wasn't until I got saved that my eyes were opened to spiritual reality and I began to look at the occult and began to look at the whole subject of demons entirely different than anything that I might have understood before and we do not understand beloved many times uh, the impact that spirits make did you follow the story that took place outside of San Francisco in a little community called Martinez California a couple of weeks ago where a teenage boy that by all accounts was a normal boy he went to school um, he was just a just a normal kid and uh, beginning uh, last year they began to notice a change he began to develop a fascination towards uh, the gothic lifestyle dressed in all black and and uh, tried to look as pale as he could he began to have a fascination with, with goth things and, uh, and Satanism and things like that and his writings and the things that he did. Um, and only two weeks ago, that boy uh, went up the hill um, and bludgeoned to death the wife of a very prominent attorney in San Francisco, California. And they're looking at this and they're scratching their heads. They're saying, well, you know, it's for this reason or that reason. Uh, but it's undeniable um, that something happened to this boy. He was drawn into the occult. He began to be drawn into the goth lifestyle. Uh, and something took this boy over. And he did what uh, only six months ago people would have thought unthinkable. You might remember the school shooting, the most recent school shooting that happened on an Indian reservation uh, up north uh, uh, last year that the perpetrator of this crime uh, again was a boy that had uh, uh, become very involved uh, in the video games. Uh, it led to a goth fascination with death uh, and Satanism uh, until he took a, a gun to school and he killed several of his classmates. He was changed. Something happened to this boy. I want to preach a sermon called Ghost Stories, and I want to preach for just a few minutes this evening. I want to talk to you tonight about demons and what the Bible says about them. Luke 10, verse 19 and 20, the Lord Jesus is speaking, and he says these words. He said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. Let's pray. Father, I ask right now that the grace of God would be in this service. Right now, we take authority over every demon power. We plead the blood of Jesus. Have right of way. Illuminate our understanding. Cause us to lay hold of the dominion that is in Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. And all of God's people said, Amen. 
Now I want you to consider first of all the collision course that is in our text. The Lord Jesus says, uh, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said this to his followers for a reason. If you live for God the way you're supposed to live for God, then be sure that along the way you are going to have your own encounter with spiritual powers. That you are going to have your own experience. Uh, this is not just a testimony of the pastor or, or a few of the disciples uh, or of the missionary in Africa. The reality is that, this is a, that every believer in Jesus Christ uh, is on a collision course with the spirit world. And Jesus uses two images here. He says, I give you power over serpents and scorpions. And now understand that what Jesus is saying there is not some strange, uh, you know, rattlesnake uh, a sect, uh, you know, that if you really have faith, you can, you can uh, take your uh, shoes and socks off and go walking through the desert uh, and nothing will hurt you. Or that you have real faith, you can pick up a, a rattlesnake in the spirit uh, and that rattlesnake won't bite you. If you do that, uh, amen, call me and I'll go visit you at the hospital. But the imagery there uh, is he is speaking about uh, demon powers. And he is taking the attributes uh, of these two uh, 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 these two pests, the scorpion and the serpent. And he is saying, if you want to understand how demons work and operate, all you got to do is look at the world of the scorpion and the serpent, and you can see similarities. When he mentions the scorpion, he is referring to the fact that demons are ubiquitous. Or in other words, they are everywhere. I can share my own personal scorpion testimony with you. When my wife and I moved to San Antonio uh, uh, back in 1988, we lived for six months right over on the other side of Marbach and 410, and we finally found a home up in the big country area. It was in an area, a part of the subdivision that was brand new, and when they had placed these homes there, they had displaced all the little insects uh, and pests that were there, and including, uh, must have been a large uh, metropolitan scorpion population. But I want to tell you that we moved into our house over on Indian Wells. Uh, we uh, uh, realized the nature of the scorpion because they were everywhere. They, I mean, we would see them. There were times where we would wake up at night, turn on the light, uh, and right above our bed were a couple of scorpions. Marcus was just a baby, and I remember when they give you that little blue baby uh, uh, bathtub, and Yolanda was getting ready to bathe Emma, and she set the bathtub up, and she began to fill it up, and she looked, there was a scorpion in the bathtub right before she placed him down. Often we would see them on the ground and on the carpet to the point where we had to actually be careful where we placed him because these scorpions were everywhere. Once I was taking a shower, and one came out of the drain. They're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And Jesus is saying that, that uh, this is the world that we live in. We live in a world where there's all kinds of spiritual forces and powers. Uh, this isn't rare. This isn't just something that takes place uh, out in some exotic location, you know, in Fiji uh, or in Cancun. Uh, there are demons in Cancun. Uh, but uh, the idea, beloved, uh, is that they are more prevalent than you and I realize. He says also they are like serpents in that they are cunning, 
or subtle that there is an intelligence uh, or a strategy uh, and they are poised to strike. I remember reading the article about a woman uh, who went to sleep in a hotel in Colorado. At night, uh, she began to feel uncomfortable um, and she thought her husband was just kicking her at night and she would kind of push him and, you know, and uh, just felt uncomfortable. Um, when she woke up, she realized that in the middle of the night, uh, a giant python uh, had slithered into their room and was trying to swallow her butt first. That gives new meaning to the term, we'll leave the light on for you. But that it moves so slowly and so subtly, you would think you would notice something like that. But that is the nature of the serpent. It is cunning. It is subtle. This evening, I have no doubt this many people here this evening, there are people here. You are presently being seduced by demon powers. You think, you know what, well, you know, it doesn't look like these people that came on the platform. It couldn't be that bad, but that's not the way they work. They're far more cunning than that. They're far more subtle than that. Did you catch that story after Hurricane Katrina and the way that it has changed the very um, uh, um, environment down in the delta of Mississippi and, and that, that area from uh, Louisiana to the panhandle of Florida? It has just altered the ecosystem so that uh, it has triggered uh, snakes and alligators and everything everything's turned upside down the other day they came across a, a giant snake that was trying to swallow an alligator and it it did but the alligator was still alive and fought back from the inside and it blew up the snake that must be an incredible sight i just nothing was a sermon but i just thought you would like to know that that's our national geographic moment <laughs> think about how affected our world is by demon powers tonight Listen to what John writes. We know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The living Bible says the rest of the world around us is under Satan's power and control. Do you realize that you can trace much of modern society to demonic influences that impact people's lives? That when we look at a world that is plagued by sickness and depression, rage and anger, suicide, lust and perversion, uh, that we can lay much of that at the feet of demonic influence. That the things that are happening in our world, the, the lusts and the appetites that dominate and rule people, the anger and the rage uh, that would cause somebody who gets cut off on loop 410 uh, to become animated and consumed uh, and uh, their, their, their normal human emotions uh, are amplified a hundredfold and cause them to act in, in incredibly foolish ways uh, that there's spiritual activity at work. That is the only way for you and I to understand it. We live at a time, beloved, where men have lived longer than they've ever lived before, where people are healthier, where we have more, where the average American uh, this evening uh, possesses far more materially than a rich man. Uh, only 50 years ago, the richest men in America don't have what the average person in America has today. Uh, and yet our, 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 our society is plagued by depression. People can't get through the day without drugs. People can't get through the day without alcohol. This woman in San Francisco last week threw three children into the bay. She pulled into Pier 9 in San Francisco, 
her three little children and she went over to the water and she just dropped her three small children into the water. And the reason she gave is that she was hearing voices. These are the same voices that no doubt spoke to the woman in, outside of Houston, Texas to kill all her children a couple of years ago. The voices that caused people to do horribly heinous crimes. These voices that cross cultural barriers, whether it's an affluent Houston suburb or it's a, 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 a Mexican couple in Brownsville, Texas that would horribly, uh, horribly mutilate their children or a black oppressed, uh, impoverished woman in San Francisco. They all say the same thing. I did it because I heard voices. I remember when I was in high school, I'd gotten saved, and as a junior in my senior year, I was in a class. I don't even remember what subject. And they were going to show us a movie. Now, this is back in the old days when you actually had, you know, the old 16-millimeter films. And they put this on, and the movie had to do with uh, 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 the island of Fiji. And, you know, it was just kind of a cultural movie, but it involved... Uh, uh, this uh, ceremony where they took these little girls they were probably 9 or 10 years old they put them under some sort of a spell by uh, administering drugs and them being around a certain kind of incense until these girls became hypnotized and I'm watching this and there's all the students there and then they took these girls and these girls began to do a dance. They were, they were probably 9 or 10 years old. There's several of them. They're, they're in a trance. Their eyes are closed. And these girls began to dance and their motions were completely synchronized. Like somebody that had been practicing and practicing. And even though they, their eyes were closed and they couldn't even know who was next to them, they could move in perfect unison. And then they took these little girls and they put them on the shoulders. And these girls stood on the shoulders of men. And they began to do these very involved moves that you would think would cause someone to fall off. And yet they did it perfectly. And I remember being there watching this. I'm saved. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. And my warning bells are going off. That what we are looking at is a satanic uh, ritual that I'm watching, uh, an occult on tape. Uh, and I mean, my, 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 everything is going off in me. Uh, I remember putting my head down and beginning to pray and speak in tongues uh, as I realized that there was something happening in that classroom. That there was a demonic influence that was being brought to these kids. Uh, and what was striking, and most of these teenagers were bored stiff. They were distracted. It was just another boring movie to endure. Uh, and yet everything in me said, no, no, there's more happening here uh, as this horrible uh, demonic uh, presentation uh, is put out onto these kids' lives. Let me read you this. It's about Carlos Santana. Carlos Santana came out with an album recently called Supernatural or a couple of years ago. And Carlos Santana on his own message board gives credit to Methotron. And I want to read you this. He says that Methotron is his spirit guide. And according to Santana, Methotron gave him a message and said to him, we want to hook you back to the radio airway frequency. We want you to reach junior high schools, high schools, and universities. Present them with a new form of existence that transcends Religion, Santana told Rolling Stone magazine. 
you know, the problem is demonic activity is more uh, in, in, involved in our society and our culture than we realize. We just kind of, oh, you know, Pastor Ruby, you know, this is a, a, some sort of extreme situation, not necessarily. And beloved, you and I are in conflict with this spirit world. You and I are on a mission. And you and I are, must enter into this conflict understanding that God has given us the ability to have dominion here. Amen. You know, back in the movies, when I was growing up, when they encountered the, the demon spirits, you know, they, their defenses was a crucifix. They would pull the crucifix out and... <laughs> How many know that a crucifix actually invites them? It's like putting a welcome, mi casa es tu casa. Or, you know, it's uh, garlic. You know, you're going to have garlic uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, that garlic is going to scare everybody away. Or uh, you're going to get your curandera who's better than her curandera. Can you say amen? This is how you're going to get victory. That you're going to, you're, you know, you're going to get into this realm, you know, and we get into Dungeons and Dragons. We start playing with the Renaissance uh, and all this stuff. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I am going to get power uh, and we're going to make, uh, you know, uh, uh, monosyllable names. I'm Thor. I'm Gore. And, uh, and I'm Thor. And, uh, you know, you, you know, and then people start moving in this realm thinking they're going to grab power. But I want to tell you, Jesus says to the believer, I give you power. That yes, there is a spirit world. Yes, there are demons. There are things that happen. Uh, but in this world, you have power. I have shared before when I was first saved, I held a fascination uh, with the demonic realm because of the stuff that I had seen. Uh, and I couldn't wait to encounter my first demon. Uh, never mind, as a sinner, I had encountered quite a few of them. I was going to have this encounter with demons. Um, I remember the first time that we uh, uh, engaged uh, in a spiritual conflict uh, with a, a girl. She was a lesbian, uh, and this girl was uh, praying to get saved. My brother Ray was trying to pray with her to get saved, uh, and she was on her knees uh, and, and began to pray for her. She began to go back and forward, back and forward on the ground, began to bow down and pop back up, uh, and began to manifest and agitate. Uh, and next thing you know, she's growling, and she's rolling over and barking, uh, and I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, wow, man, that's so cool. This was the first time that I had ever seen a demonic manifestation and saw this. Uh, and uh, I remember, beloved, uh, not really knowing what to do that night. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we prayed and we, uh, you know, I remember calling Pastor Warner in the middle of the night and waking him up to tell him uh, he could hear all the growling and everything. And I remember, the, you know, a few days later, we went over to his house, uh, and he asked us about what happened, and I made the foolish statement of saying, Pastor Warner, uh, I lost my voice that night. We were trying to cast that devil out, and he was, well, Richard, and he smiled. It's not about how loud you get. It's about the authority in Jesus' name. <laughs> Glenn Cluck told the story, he told us the story one night about how he was pastoring in Santa Fe, New Mexico, wicked city, Santa Fe, and he lived outside of town in an Indian reservation because his wife's uh, Indian and they had a house out there. And one night Donna was all by herself, Pastor Cluck was out ministering somewhere, and she's sitting alone and a cat jumps under the window and starts to meow real loud and begins to meow and meow. And the next thing you know, the cat starts saying, 
Donna, Donna. So she leaves the room and she decides to go to another room and before long the cat jumps right on the window of that room. Donna. Spooky, huh? I got all kinds of stories, but I'm not going to go into them right now. I began to notice something about demon powers. Um, when we I want to understand the spirit world, I want to talk about where you and I live tonight, and that is that demon powers oppose anything God is trying to accomplish in a person's life. That's what they're there for. They're emissaries of hell to stop you and to stop a move of God. Mark 1, they were astonished at Jesus' teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit and he cried out. So what happens, beloved, is that whenever God begins to move, demons are agitated. The Lord Jesus is in the synagogue, and as he's ministering, God is moving, and the Bible says in the middle of that, uh, this demon cries out and begins to cause problems. Jesus has to address them, and I begin to think, beloved, and think about my own experience, uh, that you will find that whenever uh, you and I are moving in God or contending for God, um, we stir and we agitate these things in our lives and people don't understand that that you are not going to go forward without having to break through demonic opposition this may come many times in your thought life how many know that not every thought you have is of God or of you there's many times people are are uh, getting ready to come to church and they you know I'm not going to church I'm tired and not this or that or everybody there at the church hates me and that sermon Pastor Ruby preached uh, you know he he was aiming at me well for the record I'm aiming at everybody including you but this idea you know they don't like me I wanted the church and I shook my hand out and they walked right by me and you know what is that I'll tell you what that is that's demonic and so these thoughts began to work against our mind. Uh, sometimes uh, they prompt people, friends, we call them friends, uh, who come into our lives. Uh, and it seems like they're the very voice of hell uh, that begin to speak to us. Uh, right when it's time for church, a phone call. Uh, uh, you know what? Somebody begins to take an interest in us. Uh, sometimes it comes uh, through intimidation and fear uh, that causes us to want to draw back. Uh, and it is demonic, beloved. Uh, but mark it down that whenever you begin to move forward in God, there's going to become this resistance. There's going to come this opposition. This thing is there, uh, and you are going to collide with it. Uh, it is going to be a conflict against your life. I'll never forget going to Panama back in 1989 with Ruben Sandoval and Joe Moreno. We were ministering there for Pastor Susalaya, and I remember this because we were contending. This is when we first began to contend for miracles and supernatural and deliverance. And so I went to Panama, and one night, it was the last night of the revival, and there was a woman there. This woman had a religious background, and I saw her there singing and participating in the song service. She had her Bible. At the end of that service, this woman came forward to be prayed for. I believe she wanted to get healed. And the moment I began to pray for her, this woman fell down on the ground. 
around and began to moan and slither like a snake. In fact, we've got videos somewhere, and this woman is slithering uh, and manifesting, uh, and I'm freaking out to see this, to see this manifestation. Uh, and we prayed, and we laid hold of God. Um, but God began to show me something that, you know, uh, here's this woman. Uh, she's there, and something of the Holy Ghost has touched her life wants to help or wants to bring deliverance uh, and as she comes forward and says I want to help I want God uh, there was something at work in her that rose up uh, and said I'm not going to let you go that easily I'm not just going to walk away it is the story of the boy with the epileptic fits uh, the Bible says uh, that uh, when Jesus wanted to heal him before he got better he got worse that there was a spirit that rose up and manifested uh, to the point where people thought the child had died. That there's that demonic uh, influence uh, that wants to stand and oppose and intimidate. Uh, and when you begin to want to move forward in God, many times it agitates and rises up. Maybe this evening it's, uh, it's uh, a case where you're, you, you're going to go home from this service. And church, remember that some people leave church and go home right into hell. Where there's opposition. You know, where they're going to pay the price for having been in the service tonight. Where there's horrible demonic influences at work. Uh, and you get saved. Uh, and uh, these things begin to agitate. And they say, we had more peace in this house uh, uh, before you were a Christian. Ever since Jesus came in your life, there's all this uh, crying. Look, uh, your mother's crying. And on and on and on, beloved. I want to tell you that to break through, uh, you're going to have to confront this realm. Say, I'm not going to give in. I'm going to fight through this. You're going to be set free. Not only that, demons gain access through open doors. The Bible talks about the unclean spirit that goes out of a man. And it likens it to a man leaving the house. And it leaves the house and it returns back to the man. And the Bible says he finds the house is clean and empty. And as a result, he moves back into that house and he finds seven other spirits worse than himself. Uh, and the latter end of that man is worse than the first. Listen to me tonight. In any uh, neighborhood in San Antonio where there's a crack house uh, or in a, uh, wherever uh, there's some sort of operation going on, uh, how many know they always find an empty house? They find where nobody's living. And when, though, because nobody's living there, they move in uh, and they work their drug deals and they do the things that crack freaks do uh, and they do it in empty houses. Uh, I want to tell you this is true in the human personality. Demons are looking for open doors. They are looking for opportunities, windows uh, that we leave open in our life to gain access to us. Again, we think of it in, you know, in some strange uh, Hollywood uh, format of, uh, of uh, the exorcist or something like that. Uh, but the reality in the scripture is the word means to be demonized or to have a demonic influence uh, upon a person's life. Uh, and it is possible that you can open yourself up uh, and a spirit begins to operate in you uh, and it takes normal human emotions uh, and it animates them uh, and pretty soon uh, people are driven by addictions, uh, driven by appetites, uh, ruled by emotions uh, that cause incredible self-destructive behavior. Witchcraft tonight is an open door dabbling in the occult, messing around in idolatry, playing with these things uh, can do this to you. Just the other day, we had a, a woman up here who came to be uh, prayed for for healing. Diane Galindo brought her up. 
And uh, this woman came forward. She was in tremendous pain in her body. She had actually come a week before I prayed for her. She'd come back. Uh, and and uh, I prayed for her, and nothing happened. And, you know, I didn't do a close examination. Now, this is a woman, you know, and uh, this, this lady. And, but Diane immediately reaches over and grabs this woman. And, uh, this woman, and, and on her chain, she's got a little angel hanging here. I hadn't seen that. And Diane goes, look, Pastor, what's this? And the lady said, that's my guardian angel. And then she said, look. And turns out she has guardian angels on both ears, too. And so I said to her, you know what, ma'am, uh, the, the Bible clearly forbids us uh, from uh, making images of anything that are in heaven. That is not a guardian angel. That is an open door to a demon. Would you be willing to take those off? We'll pray for you again. The woman cooperated, took off the angel and the earrings. Uh, we prayed for her, and she was instantly healed. Instantly healed. Uh, beloved, idolatry, witchcraft, reading your astrology chart, visiting that gunandera, messing around and saying, oh, uh, uh, you know, this stuff is just a joke. Uh, it's not really that serious. Uh, uh, Harry Potter, it's just cute little kid stuff. But you're opening a door. I remember praying for a man in Indonesia. We were in uh, Jakarta in a crusade. The man had come forward uh, to be prayed for. Joe Campbell was doing the crusade, and the man manifested before Pastor Campbell could even pray for him. And so we, you know, he was causing such a disturbance. A little note, a little side note about demons. They love attention. And that is why if there's a demon, a demon manifest, you go up to them and you tell them, shut up. Look at me, shut up. Okay, you don't let them, you know, go on and on and grab their attention. So we brought this, took this man outside and we began to pray for this man. And as we're praying for him, we start looking because he's acting like he's on fire. So we know that this man has some sort of luck, good luck charm, which are very popular there in that part of the world. And, and we look around, and sure enough, he has a charm. It's just a little pouch. It has some spices inside it, and he has it on his body. We reach around. I pull this out of his back pocket. The moment I take it away from him, he calms down, and he becomes normal. I'm holding this thing in my hand, and the guys, and, and so I just gave it back to him, and sure enough, he started screaming again. I pulled it away. I, I felt like going, eh, you know, eh, you know. Listen, you can't dabble in this stuff. You want to know what is behind, if I could just throw this in for free tonight, because I've had the privilege of traveling around the world. You know, the whole piercing, tattoo. Somebody said the other day, remember when it was men that had the tattoos and women that had the piercings? You know, uh, this whole thing, of, I'm going to tell you, it is driven by a demon spirit. It is driven by a demon spirit. Somebody wants to get pierced all over their body. It is a perversion. Sexual perversion opens doors. The Bible says it joined to a harlot. You dabble in this and you embrace and enter into a spiritual experience, not just some uh, uh, physical release. When you move in this realm of perversion, 
I can tell you right now with the internet and the incredible amount of pornography that is streaming into people's homes, people are entering and dabbling into something. They have no idea of the spiritual ramifications. They're at work, beloved, when you move in this realm and what you're joining yourself to. And the doors that you're opening, you cannot even get through a week without reading another story of a, of a, of a molester of some heinous sexual crime that's being committed. And, and, and it's such, a, it's such, a, it's such a, a hypocrisy, beloved, in our society that at one hand uh, they will write all this stuff about the horror of pedophilia and then turn the page uh, and they're glamorizing sin and sex. Not understanding that there's a spiritual dimension uh, that is at work, that what God intended for a man and woman in marriage uh, that would join them spiritually that would be a positive benefit that would cause intimacy uh, is being violated uh, and rather than being joined in marriage uh, it is causing a horrible network uh, of demonic power to spread across this world I'll never forget being in Sierra Leone and there was a woman that came forward in a miracle crusade and she had a horrible headache and she was in tremendous pain people there and I prayed for this woman and, uh, and uh, trying to break through, nothing happens. And the Spirit of God just speaks to me. I mean, it's right there on the platform. I don't know this woman. And I just felt God deal with me. And I said, are you committing adultery? And immediately this woman, it was like you just pulled the sheets. She just got, I mean, thanks, you know, she just weeping. And she's confessing. I said, pray with me again. We prayed. She's instantly healed. There's an open door. We could talk about bitterness tonight. There are people, beloved, uh, that uh, hatred and bitterness uh, has gone beyond the normal realm of a human emotion. It's not just uh, you have some dislike for some people, but a spirit of anger and hatred uh, lays hold of your life uh, and it begins to dictate your personality. It begins to direct your decisions. It begins to lead you in your choices. Uh, a spirit of rejection gets on you. Pretty soon uh, you become a man or a woman uh, who has no long-term friends. You have no long-term relationships. Uh, everybody uh, ends up becoming a violation uh, as you're driven by a spirit of anger. That is why the Bible talks about forgiving and not be ruled by anger. And it says, don't let it go down. Uh, don't let your son go down upon the wrath and give no place to the devil. Because the apostle Paul saw and understood uh, that when you're dealing with fits of anger and rage and temper, you're not just dealing with somebody's personality type. You're talking about a spirit. You're talking about somebody because of their unwillingness to forgive, because of resentments that have never been resolved in their life. Uh, they have opened their door, and now a demonic power amplifies and animates them. Some of the nicest people I ever met are psychos. They can be fine one minute, uh, but you say the wrong thing, uh, and they turn on you just like that. So powerful in our Bible study. I'm talking about this, and I'm not going to go into anything, but all I will tell you, listen to me, mom and dad, is that I'm just sharing this. In fact, we had a wedding that night, so I'm trying to move through this. You know, I'm just finishing up, and, and uh, one of the teenagers lifts her hand and begins to say, you know what, pastor, and began to share a testimony about how they had become filled with anger and hatred and how they felt like his spirit had came under, come into them. 
and that God had set them free. And no sooner were they done than somebody else lifted their hand and said, you know what, this happened in my life and I can look back and I can feel when a spirit of anger got a hold of me because of something my parents had done and how this was in me for years until God got a hold of my life and set me free. No sooner they put their hand down than a third teenager lifted their hand and began to share and I began to realize that we were tapping into something. Things can happen. Violations can take place. Uh, and as a result, uh, we don't want to get them right. We don't want to resolve them. Uh, and we open a door. You can't just brood over something tonight. You cannot allow yourself to remain bitter. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day. And I'm going to share this with you. I've got to hurry up. But I just have to tell you this story. He said that uh, he has a Christian school, or he, actually he used to, and he, uh, he was telling me that um, he began to notice one of his sons began to act rebellious. He's watching and he said, what's happening? I'm seeing a change in my son. He's beginning to get more rebellious and distant from me. And he said one day he's looking at his workbook and he noticed that the, uh, across the front of his workbook are these, are these um, symbols, just, just, just doodle. He said it looked like teen doodle. And he just was just doodling, you know, and it's like, you know, you don't really think much about it. But he's bothered because his son just it didn't feel right. And he says that he was at the school um, and uh, he began to, he saw this other kid that had just gone into the school and developed a friendship with his son. And he happened to look at his notebook and his notebook was covered from top to bottom with the same design. And he's something in his spirit. This, this doesn't seem right. This boy, you know, this friend, and now my son. And so in this little church school, he's a pastor. So he went to the boy's locker, opened up the locker of this boy, and he said that he was absolutely blown away as there were literally hundreds of these same symbols everywhere drawn on every piece of paper. There were even shreds of paper, each one with the same symbol this boy had drawn. He goes to his sons, he opens it up, and he finds, uh, uh, again, all this stuff, uh, and, and he's bothered by this, and so he kicks these boys out of school. Kicks his son out of school. Kicks this other boy out. He says, something's not right here. There are probably some other issues involved. But he's troubled. Listen to what he said. He said to me, he said, Richard, he said, I went down to the mall, and as I'm at the mall, I walked into this, this uh, uh, store that kind of specializes towards teenagers and young adults and they sell different kind of curio gifts and oddities and as I'm in there I begin to notice that the same symbols everywhere it's on, on the walls and different t-shirts and different things and, and he goes all of a sudden he goes my whole spirit my, my, if things are going off inside of me like you know I'm looking at this I didn't even know I thought this was just some doodle and he begins to notice this thing everywhere. And then he says, I look down, and they have one of these little angels, you know, on display that lights up and stuff. He goes, there's a four-year-old girl, and the little girl's on her knees, uh, and she's just totally enthralled by this angel. And he goes, and it's like, all of a sudden, I felt like I was a, a prophet in the Old Testament, and just seeing that there's this, this thing operating in our society, and nobody even pays attention, nobody even notices. He goes home, sits his son down, begins to share with him, his concern and what he feels that this is more than just misbehavior but there's a spiritual side to this his son's blowing him off rolling his eyes he takes his son into his arms and he says son I just want you to know that I love you 
He said his son said, I love you too, Dad. But he said it in a way that he knew that his son wasn't into it, that he was just saying what he's supposed to say. He said, I let him go. He left the room. He goes, I'm vexed. Not two minutes goes by. He says, my son comes running back in the room, and he's weeping. He's crying. He says, Dad, Dad, I heard a voice. I heard a voice. What are you talking about, son? Dad, I heard a voice. What kind of voice? And he has to let his son control himself. And he says, Dad, as soon as I walked out of the room, a voice came to me very clearly. Your father doesn't love you. And it so freaked him out. He knew. I heard that. That was clear in my mind. But he had the discernment to say, you know what? This is, this is from hell. And it freaked him out. And he ran back to his father and said, Dad, you need to pray for me. And he said he prayed. Uh, they renounced some things. They prayed it through. Uh, he said, son, you need to go back into your room and clean house. Uh, he said, my son began to pull out all kinds of junk. I didn't even know he had. But then he said this. He said, he said, dad, I don't know what it was, but every time that I drew that symbol, I felt something. And that's why I kept doing it, because it made me feel something. Let's close real quick and talk about the hope tonight. Jesus' power. He said, I give you. Do you realize this morning that our authority in the spirit world has nothing to do with us? Can you say, man, it has to do with Jesus this evening? I give you power over all the power of the enemy. That it is not in us. Many times the devil would love to make you think, uh, you know, you can't fight me. You're not spiritual enough. You don't pray enough. You don't know your Bible well enough. Uh, but I want to tell you, our authority, beloved, has nothing to do with us. Uh, it has to do with him. Can you say amen? God told Moses, as Moses said, Lord, uh, when I stand before Pharaoh uh, and, and I, he says, by what authority you do this, uh, what do I say? And he said, you tell him that I am sent you. Or in other words, Moses, it's not who you are, but it's who I am. Can you say amen? That you and I have authority in this realm based on what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He spoiled principality and power. He defeated the enemy this evening. And we stand in his name and we have authority. They said, Lord, through your name, demons are subject to us. And that this is not what you and I are about or how spiritual we are. It is what he's done. The second thing I want to say to you this evening is there's hope uh, for freedom tonight. If you're here and you're bound by a spirit, Jesus can set you free. Can you say amen? You don't have to be bound any longer. You don't have to be ruled by anger or lust uh, or witchcraft and idolatry. You don't have to be ruled by these spirits that dominate and vex your life. I've had people say to me, Pastor Ruby, it's almost as if I feel when they come into my life. I know what it is to have them come in uh, and dominate me uh, and make me do things. And then I feel with hatred for myself when it's all over and they're gone. You can be free this evening. There's deliverance. Jesus preached the opening of the prison doors. You don't have to be bound. Uh, I want to leave you with one last thing. And that is that, uh, beloved, there is salvation tonight. And that salvation is a glorious deliverance. Jesus said, don't rejoice because demons are subject to you, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven, that there is a forgiveness and a mercy of God, and there's no demon in hell that can keep you from Jesus tonight. There's no demon in hell that can keep you if you want to be free. The gathering demoniac is filled with thousands, but all those demons could not prevent him from throwing himself down before Jesus and crying out to him for help. 
You don't have to be bound. There's not a reason a man or woman has to walk out of this building bound tonight. Uh, tormented, vexed, uh, the blood of Jesus is here. You can find forgiveness. I want you to bow your heads right now. No one's moving around just for a minute. Uh, we're waiting on God in this service. Uh, maybe you're here tonight and you're not saved. You're not right with God. You need forgiveness of sin. You need Jesus Christ to come into your life uh, and to make you a brand new person. Uh, that's the power and the hope of the gospel. I'm not talking about being religious or joining a church, uh, but I'm talking about you coming to Christ as a sinner and asking God to forgive you and to change your life. Uh, he can do that tonight. If you want prayer, I want you to lift your hand uh, right now. Put it up high where I can see it. And by lifting your hand, you're saying, pray for me, Pastor Ruby. I'm not right with God, but I want to get saved tonight. Lift up your hand. Would you respond all around this building? You're not saved. God's dealing with you tonight. Would you respond? Maybe you're a backslider tonight, and God is dealing with you. So, you know, Pastor, I'm backslidden. I'm doing my own thing. I want to get my heart right this evening. Uh, would you pray for me? Lift up your hand. You're not saved or you're backslidden. We're going to move on to other things in just a minute. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. Would you respond right now? All around this building, I'm not saved or I'm a backslider tonight. I need God's mercy on my life. No demon in hell can keep you from the gospel tonight. No bondage, no habit. If you'll cry to God, he'll have mercy on your soul. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Here's my hand. I'm not saved or I'm backslidden. Would you pray for me? All around this building, amen. Amen. We're going to wait on God in just a minute. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, demon powers are everywhere, folks. We wrestle with them. They oppose and they stand in the way of the child of God. Sometimes, beloved, we're fighting against things and we tend to think of them all as just personality or it's just, oh, it's just my mind. Ah, uh, you know. But I want to tell you, there's more happening. But Jesus gives us wonderful hope. You and I can have authority tonight. We don't have to live our lives in victory. The devil doesn't have to win. In a moment, I'm going to pray a specific prayer of deliverance for some people. But I believe that there are many Christians here tonight uh, that it's easy to lose sight of the spiritual conflict that has been waged against our lives. Uh, we allow ourselves to just kind of look at things from a purely carnal point of view. But I want to tell you tonight uh, that Jesus says, you know what, I give you authority. You can have victory and authority and if you're going to live for God, you're going to encounter these in your life. Let's stand. I'm going to open these altars for just a, 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 a period of prayer this evening. And in a moment, I'm going to pray a, a specific prayer of deliverance. But there are Christians here tonight that may the Spirit of God open your eyes and say, you know what? God, you need to help me to be more discerning about what's going on all around me and what's taking place. Mom and Dad, listen to me. I'm talking about issues with your kids dealing with things that it's not just personality there are spiritual issues that have to be addressed uh, and covered uh, in the lives of our children this evening amen we're going to worship god these altars are open tonight you've